it's time that I delete Twitter. I, I, I think it's time that I delete it. I can't wait to leave. Like, I want, if once Blue Sky or Threads or somebody, because I have a great group chat going with my some college buddies, mm-hmm. and that's the only reason that I stay on it. Like, I, I scroll uh... to find stuff to send to the group chat, and then... Or I look at the stuff that they sent through the group chat, articles and tweets and stuff like that. And once we have another place to do that, and I know we could text, but texting doesn't create the content. You know, like we're yeah. we're able to share content See, through I, the thing itself. All of uh, uh, all of my group chats are either like through iMessage or Messenger. I I don't have any worth on Twitter anymore. I think I should just. well no you know what i do have some worth and it's it's still like the social media for wrestling which sucks i know but like man (laughs) like for for like anything that's trending you're gonna see it on twitter first off anything that's like going on it's like oh what what what's up with this let me check twitter let me see what's going on with this thing yeah, I would. I mean, as much as I, I'm still entertained by it. I would have no problem leaving and just making the next whatever the next place is good. You know, yeah. finding people to follow on there and stuff. Um, I, uh, I did get yeah. an invite for Blue Sky. I haven't set it up yet. Yeah, I got. I, I probably have a ton to give out <laughs> because I, I. Oh no, I know where I got one. There was like so, a radio person here who was giving them out. Yeah, I have five invite codes. Oh, um, sweet. Yeah, I didn't know that you wanted one or needed one or anything. <laughs> if you know anyone that needs one. Uh, if there's any uh, patrons that need one, uh, but there's nothing on it yet. Like <laughs> yeah, the most no I do one, is copy no my anything. tweets. Yeah, the most I do is copy my tweets and I put them on Blue Sky too. Yeah, I and mean, that's it. yeah, I'll, yeah, uh, sure. I'll follow at Tim Murphy Talks dot social. <laughs> yeah, that's the other dumb thing about it. The the stupid naming convention. Um, just let us join. Don't make me choose a server or whatever. Like that's why Mastodon. Everyone thought that was going to take off. You remember the last time you heard that yeah. Mastodon? <laughs> I don't know anybody who's still doing that. I but so what is know. so iMessage is Apple, right? Yeah, that's just yeah. Apple texting. And what was yeah, the other thing you mentioned? Just Messenger, Messenger. Facebook Messenger. Facebook Messenger. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, that's pretty funny because you're you know under forty and using Facebook to well yeah chat it's, with yeah and I'm the thing is I'm never. I'm hardly ever on Facebook, like yeah. the, the platform. I'm on Messenger, the app. And actually, one of my friends, uh, just why am I why am I saying him like saying this like you don't know him? It's Aaron. Yeah, <laughs> it's the right. downvoter. Uh, he just uh, e- either like signed out or not like deactivated his Facebook, but right. Um, he's he deleted the app from his phone, but yeah. he's still got the Messenger app, so he can still chat. Interesting. With us on messenger but he probably won't keep like notifications turned on yeah yeah the only thing i use facebook for is my seinfeld and simpsons and i think you should leave shit posting groups uh, that's yeah. all i like looking at on there like like this one i just saw from seinfeld soup posting it's elaine holding the what everyone says is her christmas card with her nipple showing and it's saying and it says look at this christmas card oh my god <laughs> and they plastered her on chad kroger's uh, body Christ. from that video holding up <laughs> <laughs> yeah see that's what i whenever i need a good quick laugh i'm like all right but there it shows me so much shit that i don't even care about anymore i'm like every every other post is two ads for a page that I they're like suggested for you. I'm like, why? What made you yeah. think that I, I wanted to see this? I will say I have been guilty of falling down the rabbit hole of watching suggested reels every once in a while. Yeah. And I tell you, if I can get like the holy trinity of like someone getting hurt, a like 
skateboard or bicycle pump track and a uh, downhill roller coaster. You know, you know, like those type of like oh. hillside roller coasters. Yeah, yeah. Those are so cool. Yeah, like, I'm, <laughs> and then I'll be like sucked in for minutes on end. Maybe, so you're saying somebody riding a bike down one of those and then falling would be your ultimate reel. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> like... Probably. Yeah. Uh, no. Do, do you know? Uh, do you know what a pump track is? No, I don't. So it's essentially just like a a single uh, like track. Like it could be like in a in an oval or just like a, a bunch of like left and right turns where it's just a bunch of like ups and downs and bumps that you can ride a a skateboard or a bike or a scooter on. Uh, mm-hmm. That's just you know, concrete or dirt or something. I don't mm-hmm. know why. I love I love that shit. Like the old like BMX tracks. That... Exactly. Exactly. Oh, okay, that. Cool. I but didn't some, know they were called but, pump tracks. Well, yeah. I mean, the, some of them. I, I think uh, I think pump track is typically safe for like more permanent ones, like asphalt uh, and concrete ones that are built into like landscapes. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I don't know why. Like I I just like uh, kind of <laughs> falling down those holes. Every. I mean, I can't lie. I mean, the algorithm has me not totally pegged but i mean every so often i'll i'll stick around and i'll watch one of the dumb suggested things but uh okay all right should we get going yeah might as well all right welcome to no hugging no learning it's a show about one thing watching curb your enthusiasm for the first time i'm tim murphy and i'm ted hollowell and today we will be talking about season nine episode six the accidental text on purpose. But before that, what's the deal with stuff from our last episode? Thank you for your service. For some reason, my Dropbox is not updating on anything except my laptop downstairs. And so I had to run downstairs and email myself my notes from the episode. Here we go. (laughs) You want to talk about a rabbit hole. I spent a long time trying to figure out what is going on with these trivia tidbits from from season nine specifically because they're getting kind of weird. We didn't have any homework from Thank You For Your Service, but I did find this on IMDb. The long-winded guard at the country club is Larry David's nod to his good friend and actor Michael E. Perry, who you might remember also I mentioned thanks to an IMDb trivia tidbit, gave him the idea for the commotion in the kitchen episode because he's a like restaurateur and a classically trained chef and he's had commotions in the kitchen and he gave, and Larry took that and made it into an episode. And this is another per- episode that this guy is taking credit for. He has a royal, and this is in quotes, King's guard posted outside of his home in Texas. The guard loves Larry David and talks his ear off every time he comes to visit Michael. Unlike the episode, Michael's guard is named Hal, not Sal. And I have no idea who this Michael E. Perry guy is. His name is not clickable on IMDb. So if he's, if he's an actor, he's not credited with anything on IMDb. There is a Michael E. Perry who is a chef and an actor that I found on Twitter. And it's the same guy I stumbled upon last time, assuming it was him. But judging by Chef Michael E. Perry, oh, I'm sorry, on X. Jeez, I see. Um, uh, you did it too. I know. <laughs> judging by the Chef Michael E. Perry on X, who posts uh, mostly Trump bootlegging tweets or posts, whatever you want to call them, <laughs> I don't see this guy being friends with Larry David after 2015. So my running theory now is that this weirdo went and inserted himself into IMDb trivia sections. That's my current theory is that he just went in to season nine and put himself as who said he's Larry David's friend, Michael E. Perry, and he gave him all these ideas for these episodes in season nine specifically. I don't know why. I mean, that's just sort of the Occam's razor of it. I'm like, it's it's the most likely scenario because this guy being friends with this weird 
conservative chef who does live in Texas who, why do you have a guard outside your house if you're not a famous person? Like a, a royal king's guard. In quote, It's just so weird. I can't figure out what is going on. It's not the last time he's going to pop up, this Michael E. Perry. So um, I guess now I have really something to ask Larry David if I ever meet him. Like, what is the deal with you and Michael E. Perry? Did he really give you all these ideas for season nine? And are you friends? And and what's going on? Or <laughs> or can we, you know, can we put this to rest? Whatever it is. We'll, we'll find out, I guess. Uh, there were a couple of cast members that I recognized that we recognized from. And one that I didn't recognize but blew my mind. Because I guess I didn't watch the credits close enough. So when I went through and looked, uh, Neil Casey, who plays the uh, the waiter who gives Larry not much of a face, talking about the chef, uh, he is known for Ghostbusters 2016, so he is the big bad guy in that. And he was also an SNL writer in 2012, oh. and apparently wrote on one episode of SNL in 2023. So he was there pretty much for the whole 2012 season. And wrote on an episode last season, oddly enough, um, or got credit for something. Maybe it was a uh, sketch that they revisited or something like that. Uh, he was on Silicon Valley. He was on Veep. He was on Kroll Show. He was on two episodes of The League, which mm. is a show that's popping up a lot uh, lately. And Gene was played Be- by... Between Ke- us, yeah. right. <laughs> what? But the, the League is popping up between us, weirdly enough. Not like oh, in, right. Not in pop culture. No. No, no, no. It's, but, <laughs> but a lot of actors, you know, it was like last season it was Nick Swartzen's Pretend Time for some reason. Like everyone, every guest <laughs> actor had been on both of those shows. And this year it's definitely The League. And yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and I think we get another one on the episode today, if I'm not mistaken, although I might be. Um, at least there's a, there's a connection to The League. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Gene was played by, the mail carrier was played by Katie Asselton. And she was most recently in Old Dads, the movie with Bill Burr, and I think Sebastian Maniscalco's in it too. And and they play like Gen Xers who make fun of millennial and Gen Z parenting. Yeah. Have you, did you see the ad for it? I think so, yeah. Yeah, at first I was like, oh, this looks kind of funny. Bill Burr's always funny. And then it was like the same, I mean, I, I say Gen X, I'm like, is he a boomer? Because it was the same like boomer tropes <laughs> about how like you shouldn't care about your kids' feelings and stuff like that. I was like... This is, I don't know, just seemed like, you know, it seemed like not Bill Burr, you know, it seemed like the kind of thing he might make fun of. But then again, I guess he is like that kind of old cranky guy who makes fun of young people stuff as well. So she's an old dad. She's in the morning show. She also was on Veep and she was on 12 episodes of the FX show Legion, which I really like. It's like probably the most underrated Marvel property out there, but it's really, it was really weird. Uh, It's as close as you'll get to like, because I think Noah, Noah Hawley, who does the Fargo TV show, did Legion on FX. And it's probably as close as you'll get to like a Wes Anderson X-Men style thing, if you're if that piques your interest. Uh, she was on, Jean uh, was on 82 episodes of The League, playing oh. Jenny, if you remember that name at all. Uh, that seems like a good deal of the run, if I was going to... If I was going to guess. I, I I think that's the entire show, yeah. Oh, 82. Wow, jeez. Uh, and she is married to Mark Duplass of the famous Duplass brothers, the writer, producer, actor guys uh, who have done a ton of stuff. So I found that very interesting. And this is the one that blew my mind. Victor, Sammy's fiance, was played by Chet Hayes, a.k.a. Chet Hanks. No I believe, fucking yeah. way. That was him? <laughs> that, that was, was him. Chet Hanks? Chester Marlon Hanks. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I thought he looked familiar, but wasn't sure. Holy yeah. fuck. That blew my mind. I was like, oh, my gosh. And I believe, I think Chet Hanks is how he is 
credited at the, at the end of the episode, which I definitely would have recognized. But I was like, that was Chet oh, Hayes. Jeez. Reggaeton they, star Chet Hayes. Yeah, yeah, do, are they spelling it like H-A-N-X like he likes to spell it? <laughs> I don't think so. Damn. I think it was, yeah. I think it was, uh, you know, the regular regular spelling. Holy shit. Yeah, Chester I thought that was absolutely. <laughs> yep. So Larry David was really having a white boy summer uh, on that episode. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that is it. That's all I got. All right. Do we got any other like news or anything or any continuity that needs curbed? No, I guess not. All right. Well, <laughs> if you have never listened to us before. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Oh, oh, oh. There was news. Sorry, I forgot. All we right. actually have a, a hard release date for the That's upcoming season. Right. Yeah. Uh, and it is February 4th. I remember because I didn't, I don't think I tweeted it, but I put it in our stories and now it's just gone completely. Uh, but um, yeah, Champagne Video Store put it in their stories. And, or I'm sorry, they they actually they you know published and, it. And yeah, we, put it in their feed. Yeah, we, we shared yeah. their story. Yeah. February 4th. Yeah. I don't think I shared their story though. I think I went to IndieWire and copied the picture myself so that I could just send it out. But yeah, February 4th, 12th season. We'll be there. We don't know what we're doing yet uh, as far as recapping it, but we got a couple months to think about it. All right. Well, if you have never listened to us before we are not a research heavy show despite the last 20 minutes being almost exclusively research and bullshit we like to have our questions pop up naturally in the run of the episode and assign them to ourselves the week following as though we are giving ourselves homework i've never seen these episodes before tim has never seen these episodes before in the last six years if we miss anything if we egregiously skip over anything please send us an email send us a tweet or send us a dm on instagram it's no hugging no learning show at gmail.com at no hugging on twitter or x if you prefer (laughs) and no hugging underscore no learning on instagram if you like us you can give us a five-star rating on apple podcasts and a written review as well you could also give us a five-star rating on spotify if you use spotify if you've done both of those maybe either one of those and you're finding a way to or you're trying to find a way to like us a little bit more you can join us over on patreon where for five bucks a month you can get early access to extended versions of all of our episodes and now you can get seven days free of the it's a hyundai tier that's the tier that we publish everything on you can get that for free for seven days try it out see what you like and see if it's something that you think is worth spending five bucks a month on yeah there's a lot of extra there was a recent episode i was so proud of myself the the patreon edit was an hour and a half and i got it down to 59 minutes yeah jesus <laughs> what what all did you cut out holy I've hell been, I've, I've been leaving a lot but i mean some stuff you know i we just you know we go off and it doesn't really have to do you know sometimes i listen to office ladies and they do the dumbest stuff that i'm like oh, i would edit that out you know that wouldn't go on a main feed but they're like and uh, michael's driving a car in this episode and lady i did a deep dive on cars so here's when cars became a thing I'm like what are you <laughs> just talking about just, just reading the wikipedia for automobiles <laughs> automobiles yeah well so apparently they came from the idea of horse-drawn carriages like and i wish i was exaggerating but they i remember them literally doing something very similar only it was limousines now that i'm saying it out loud oh my god yeah they're like the first limousines were horse-drawn i'm like oh my gosh don't do the, don't do a deep dive on cars but so i'm like what what ends up on the cutting room floor for them but sometimes i'm like all right well this has to do with the episode and i'll leave a little bit of convo in but sometimes we go on a little longer sometimes it's a total tangent that has nothing to do with the episode 
And I guess that that time we did a lot. We did a lot of tan, tangential uh, discussion. But I was like, yeah, that's yeah, I'm, that's giving the patrons you know I'm, some good content. I'm, I'm sure this week, if you want to check out this week's episode, uh, <laughs> there's gonna be some there's gonna be some uh, suicide by train talk <laughs> yeah. at, at the at the beginning that didn't make the main feed. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's gee, true. I wonder why. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, probably shouldn't. <laughs> Probably shouldn't put that out in the main feed. Just, uh, <laughs> just a heads up whenever you're, you know, clipping ep ep two sixty. I agree with you. Just don't. Just try not to jump in too quickly with the music fading out, so it doesn't sound weird. Where Ted's like, "Hey, did you hear about?" All right, where should we get going? <laughs> I will. I will uh, leave that one uh, uh, musicless. I will leave the beginning okay. of two sixty musicless. <laughs> That way we can clip it a little, a little Got easier, it. and I'll just, I'll, I'll just be sure to add it before I publish it. Yeah. Which reminds fuck. me, you are, you're going back and because I've stopped telling you because it does it every time. You're going back and adding the end music back on, right? Most of the time. Oh, yeah. Good, good. Yeah, yeah. two fifty seven. <laughs> I forgot to, but I will go I will. change that. Uh, two fifty six. I didn't clip as much as it normally. Yeah, I noticed is, that. So I, noticed I, uh, that. I didn't feel like I needed to to change that, but yeah, it didn't get the full fade, but yeah. yeah. 57 uh it's like bomb bomb bump today's episode brought to you by like into my next thing uh, yeah. we, we don't have ads but it was already playing the next uh, thing i was listening to yeah yeah <laughs> it, was, it was like really didn't complete the chord so it was you know probably off was a little off-putting bump 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 oh man um okay uh <laughs> If you are joining us over on Patreon, I want to uh, give a shout-out to those who are doing so. And uh, if this is you in the future, you're going to get a shout-out as well. Just like Liam M., Michael Klatsky, Wrecker, Nate Collins, Tamara Ortiz, the guys and gals over at the Idiotville Podcast, John Murphy, Danica Ligorio, J-Dog Conlord, Nick Kudla, Adam Webb, and Megan Stolarski. Thank you guys so much. Again, patreon.com slash no hugging. However, joining us over on Patreon is not the only way to help out the show. Is it, Tim? It is not. Uh, I was remembering as I was thinking about this, uh, you know, promotion that we have uh, going here with Libsyn about the early days of the episode when you would count down to how many episodes we had until the end of Seinfeld. And we That's would come right. up with a new podcast idea every week. And sometimes it was really good. Yeah. Uh, so if you go back and listen to our, our previous iteration talking about Seinfeld, there's what, what how many episodes of Seinfeld were there? Like 180 or something like that. There's yeah. 180 brilliant podcast ideas waiting to be plucked by you uh, and started on Libsyn. And when you do that and use the promo code Hugging H U G G I N G, use the promo code Hugging, you get up to two months free to start your podcast journey, and it helps us out because we're on Libsyn and we love Libsyn. And uh, and so start your podcast journey today. Libsyn.com, promo code HUGGING. All of that being said, Season 9, Episode 6, The Accidental Text on Purpose. Original air date, November 5th, 2017. And if you were looking in TV Guide that night, you are going to see Larry and Benson ingenious ploy for getting his friends out of relationship jams, period. Larry upsets mm -hmm. Funkhauser's new girlfriend, period. Wow. Uh, it's a little long. <laughs> I think that I think that was your point in accentuating the periods as you do. <laughs> yeah, that was it. Um, yeah. So I mean, we might we might be able to shorten it up. I mean, spoiler alert, maybe just by dropping that last last little bit, dropping the second sentence of the paragraph. Um, but also, we might be able to make it better because he gets in trouble with 
Does he get in trouble with two peoples? No, he doesn't do anything to Richard's girlfriend. That's all Richard. So, all right. I don't want to spoil it too much. We'll see if we can make it better at the end. Uh, we open at a hotel. I don't know where this was. Uh, Larry has, I don't know, taken a trip somewhere. Uh, and he is packing up his suitcase and watching what we find out later is the movie Arabesque with Sophia Loren and Gregory Peck. And he is so enthralled with what is going on that he shows up to the airport and misses his plane. The door closes as he comes up to get on and the plane is there but you know federal regulations they cannot open the door once the door is closed and so she can get him a seat on the next flight it is not first class it is coach and so she suggests that larry enjoy the mall at the airport they have a wetzel's pretzels <laughs> i like larry's <laughs> disdainful i'm gonna have a wetzel's pretzel i'm gonna do that uh, back to her <laughs> um so on the flight the common man is stymieing Larry at every turn. I mean, he is just there. There is, is even an open seat in first class, and he tries to see if he can snag it, maybe by bribing the uh, flight attendant. But it, it doesn't seem to be uh, working. And and he opens up one of the overhead compartments, and I guess they have better overhead compartments in first class because in coach he's having a hard time putting his bag up in the overhead bin like first one guy takes the one he opened which was messed up but then he can't he can't get his luggage up in the overhead bin it's like a huge deal and i'm like that has nothing to do with coach you know yeah they have the same overhead bin to the same height yeah, in first it's, class it's, it's not like they're bigger uh I, yeah. I did i did like the guy saying it's the wild west buddy and just sitting down it. which i mean he's so right oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> i know i think that's why larry didn't give him any shit back he's like all right damn it you're right it is, it's, <laughs> hey man it's the wild west i don't know what to tell you <laughs> Yeah, I like that. It it really, yeah, it got Larry. Um, so Larry sits down next to the star of Transylvania 65000, Ed Bagley Jr. Yes. <laughs> One of our favorite Halloween movies that we watched. Uh, I don't think it was, no, it wasn't last October. It was definitely the one previously because we I didn't do so, anything. Yeah. <laughs> Although we did enough that October to, to last us a couple years uh, is how, you know, <laughs> what we'll tell our patrons. Yeah, but, I did. Yeah. I, we did that as I was moving across the country. <laughs> Somehow we were what able to watch a Halloween movie we per week. About? <laughs> no idea. Um, although maybe it was you like taking your mind off of you know you're like, well, I could pack or I could just watch this uh, Halloween movie. I, I think, I think that, that was I think that was kind of it. Yeah, we watched a new Halloween movie every week. <laughs> Instead and, of instead of like me packing my entire life up and moving, yeah. <laughs> and Transylvania six five six five thousand was one of our favorites, so we recommend you uh, check it out uh, if you're uh, doing that. Um, you know, seven day Patreon, uh, Patreon, Patreon uh, <laughs> trial. That's, that's seven day Patreon trial. Patreon. It's like pecan and pecan, 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 Patreon, and uh, it's for patriots. Um, oh and no. <laughs> It's Tucker Carlson's new pay-as-you-go oh, podcast, no. Patreon. So Ed Bigley Jr. is playing Nathan Winokur, uh, a doctor that is also a member of Ocean View Country Club, where Larry is a member, which I always called the Black Swan because of like the Black Swan and the logo and all that stuff. I forgot it was called Ocean View. But yeah, he, and he's a friend of Marty Funkhauser's, which I also got confused. For some reason, when, they said, when he said friend of Marty's, I was like, does he mean Martin Scorsese? Who, of course, Larry was in a Scorsese movie uh, a couple seasons ago, which of course never gets mentioned that he worked with like one of the gods of cinema. <laughs> um, but no, he's not talking about Martin Scorsese. And so Larry's on the aisle and uh, Nathan Winokur, Dr. Winokur is on the window. And in between Larry and Nathan sits 
June Diane Raphael. I was wondering who this was. What is she? Because she looked familiar. What's she been in? Uh, Grace and Frankie pretty recently is, I think, a big role okay. for her on Netflix, which I never watched. But um, she is also one of the three main co-hosts of How Did This Get Made? And she is married to one of the other co-hosts, Paul That's Shear. That's right. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's Duh. why I suspect that she was on The League before. But you, I don't know. You know what? You know what? Probably. Oh, yeah. and you know what? She was in year one with oh Jack God. Black and Michael Sarah, <laughs> a movie I've never seen. I don't know why I'm bringing it up. I'm pretty sure I saw that. I, I think I had it, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure I saw that when it was on cable or something. It's not bad, you know. It's, uh... it's not good, but <laughs> it's not bad. It's not, it's not good, but no. it's not awful. <laughs> <laughs> it was worth a laugh. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, oh, June Diane Raphael. You oh, know what? Yeah. She was, she was Dr. Sadie in New Girl. Right. Yes. Yes. The, isn't she like a lesbian gynecologist or something? That's it. Yeah. That's it. There you go. That's I mean, another big role. Yeah. She was, oh, she was on an episode or she was on a show that you mentioned all the time. NTSF SDSUV. Yeah. With Paul Shear. So yes. they were on that together. Yeah. I'm still looking to see if she was on the league and I am not seeing huh. anything weirdly enough. Surprising. Cause Zooks and... Her husband, Paul Shear, were on that. So you figure yeah. it'd just be kind of a fun... Uh, one of the uh, Google questions, as they, they suggest, is, is June Diane Raphael related to Sally Jesse? And they... <laughs> no relation. There's no relation to talk show host Sally Jesse, who I pronounced her like the Ninja Turtle, Sally Jesse Raphael. Yeah. But I, and, I'm pretty and... sure June Diane pronounces her name Raphael. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Long shot. Other stuff. I, you're right. I don't see her on the league, though. Yeah, so she sits in between Larry and Nathan and talks to talks Larry into switching to the middle seat because she says she has a condition where she has to go to the bathroom a lot and she doesn't want to have to ask him to get up over and over again because she's going to be going a lot. And then, as Larry's in the middle, June and Ed Begley Jr. both engage in every annoying seatmate behavior <laughs> that they could cram into this little montage. There's encroachment. There's spraying. What are they? What do they spray? Why it's, did I write down? Like, it's it's like a relaxing, oh, like, a, like facial yeah. mist. Face yeah. mist. Yeah, that's right. That the we we only know her as the blonde woman at this point. Yes. Uh, uh, yeah. She she's spraying that. She's uh, like filing her nails and then blows it uh, in Larry's face too. Nail dust. Uh, yeah. She she's like brushing her hair into Larry's face. They're both coughing and sneezing and blowing into um <laughs> into Kleenexes. They're reaching over each other, and it's when the blonde lady pulls out floss that Larry draws a line. He just says no, no. <laughs> I did like no. that. He's like, no, <laughs> no. Uh, and did you notice? I, I just ca caught this, and I thought it was funny that the entire montage is. Uh, accompanied by Gershwin's Rhapsody in Blue, which was <laughs> United's theme music for all of their commercials when I was growing up, and and when we'd like go see my grandparents and stuff, and we'd have to fly. We, you know, they play that music when you were walking into the airplane. Oh, and I didn't hear even it on the, catch yeah. that. That's so dun, dun, good. Dun, 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 that whole thing. Um, yeah, and so it's all sort of. Uh, I, I don't even know if they were still using it in 2017, but. It definitely was. And I think he was also on a United flight. I, I went back and tried to look to see if there was any logos. And there, there isn't really. You can kind of see it on his ticket. But, yeah, I thought that was another kind of funny uh, uh, addition, another funny joke to the montage. Uh, in flight, there is a passenger in distress. And they actually make an announcement if there's any doctor available on the plane. But Dr. Winokur does not heed the call. 
he tells Larry that like, have you ever had an emergency landing? Is that what you want to do? You want to spend the night in Lubbock, Texas at a Best Western or no, oh, no, a Days Inn in Lubbock, Texas with a $15 Cinnabon gift certificate voucher or whatever he says? <laughs> I, I, did, I did love how he went to the $15 voucher for Cinnabon because Larry yeah. <laughs> already got the voucher for Wetzel's Pretzels. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I don't even know if he got a voucher for Wetzel's. I think he just... Oh yeah, I think she just said go go get some Wetzels. Yeah, yeah you're right. <laughs> on you're your right. own dime. She's like, go explore our mall. We've got a Wetzels pretzels. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna do that. I like when he does the stupid voice to talk to somebody he thinks is stupid, and so uh, he doesn't want to have an emergency landing, and so he's not gonna check the guy out and heed the call. Uh, and uh, June Diane Raphael is put out by Larry wanting to get up and go to the bathroom in mid-flight, and he has to, like, climb over her and stuff, and she does not make it easy at all. Uh, so when they land, it turns out that the blonde lady didn't even get up the entire flight to use the bathroom, and Larry thinks it was bullshit that she has a condition, and she just wanted the aisle seat and not to sit in the middle. But she contends that she does have this condition, but she just didn't have to get up and go to the bathroom. Uh, back at home, Larry's car which I guess was parked on the street for the duration of his trip. I don't know why he doesn't want it in his driveway that he definitely has. You know, you figure you live in a nice neighborhood. You just, I don't know, want it off the street. But uh, maybe he likes being parked right in front of his front door. And uh, maybe. that's, I guess. Yeah, may- maybe <clears throat> maybe he likes his car being further away from yeah. him. Maybe he likes <laughs> it being less convenient for yes. him to get into his car. <laughs> Yeah, I guess he just likes that. Also, I'm surprised in a very nice neighborhood like that, they even allow that street parking for an extended period of time. Like, I don't even live that in that nice of a neighborhood, but our whole municipality doesn't allow street parking overnight. You have to, like, get a special, uh, you know, parking pass. You have to basically call every day and say, hey, I'm going to park. And they say, fine, uh, from my understanding. Um, and and Larry lives in like a really nice neighborhood, so I'm kind of surprised they let him do that anyway. But uh, there there has someone has drawn on it because it's gotten very dirty. Someone has drawn the typical "wash me" on the back in the dust. <laughs> but Larry, out of spite, now refuses to wash his car and writes "no you" as Leon looks on. <laughs> Not only that, but no comma you underlined. Yeah. So that it's a full sentence that now reads, no, you wash my car. Yeah. Or, no, you wash me, exclamation point. Yeah, and Larry, I mean, Leon, who's, who's you know, observing all this, appreciates the proper grammar, too. He's like, hey, you see that? Now, no, comma. He even, like, writes the comma and the you. No, you wash me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so out of spite, Larry will not take care of his own property, <laughs> which, I, which I find so very Larry David. Uh, so there's a gathering at Marty's place, Martin Funkhauser, and uh, Jeff and Susie are there. So is Richard Lewis with his girlfriend. And Larry is recounting that the doctor would not heed the call. You know, I guess he's good at playing golf. If he's not that nice of a doctor, at least he's good at playing golf. And um, as Larry says, I'll play with anybody as long as they're faster than Marty. Uh, and they ca- try to come up with the, the best foursome for because Larry's like, I'll play with a retro bait. I have no problem. And I forget what they say. One of the guys is Hitler. Um, oh, uh, Charles Manson is somebody else in Hitler. And Larry's like, yeah, I play with those guys. <laughs> um, and Susie is going to San Francisco to meet a decorator for their new house that they're going to move into. And Jeff has to take her to the airport to see her off, which an argument ensues with, you know, Larry and Jeff about the, 
You know, he's like, you're, it's not like you're going to India. You're going to San Francisco. You're going to be back that night. And he's like, Jeff doesn't want to do it. And Jeff even owns up in a, in a um, you know, in a rare standing up to Susie instance where she's like, do you want to see me off? He's like, not really. <laughs> so, and Larry thinks that she is doing it on purpose just to ruin Jeff's entire day. And I love the part here where she's like, oh, you can't even understand the complexities of my mind. <laughs> like, you know what I'm thinking. But it's it's after that that Larry has a weird fake laugh that goes on a really long time where he goes like, <laughs> he's like moving his jaw like a like a ventriloquist dummy, like, <laughs> like closing his mouth with each ha. And it's really weird. I mean, it was a laughable line, but it was a weird reaction from Larry to it. Uh, and then who we find out later is Marty's girlfriend tells Larry to not sit on the arm of the chair and forcibly picks him up and removes him from the arm of the chair. Yeah, this was weird. Yeah. Um, although it's kind of my life 24-7 because my kids constantly sit on the arms of all of the <laughs> couches and everything. And I, and growing up, I was constantly shooed off of, of the arms of chairs and couches when I was sitting on it. It must be bad for furniture. I guess it puts undue stress on that particular joint and they'll, you know, they'll separate outward um, eventually once you sit on them long enough. But I, I still remember my mom used to like, she used to chant it like, get off the arm of the chair. Get off the arm of the chair uh, when I would sit on it. And so now I try. But but I also have that uh, adverse reaction to it where I know it's bad for my property, but it was something I was told to do so often that I'm like, you know what? I'm going to let my kids do that. Now that I'm in charge, go ahead and sit on <laughs> sit on the arm of the chair. Because <laughs> um, we never lost any furniture to me sitting on the arm of the chair or any of my siblings or anything. So, hmm. um, you know, yeah, it, it all was totally fine. By the way, I recognized Funk's girlfriend from a show that Sarah and I watched this year called Sharp Objects with Amy Adams. Oh. Uh, yeah, I definitely, that's that's where I recognize her from. And uh, Richard Lewis, as they're, you know, moving to the dining room, he gives what they decide later was a premature honey. He stops his girlfriend and goes, oh, honey, is this your wine? And she kind of gives him a weird look. And the, and Larry's like, oh, that was a premature honey. You You have not been dating long enough to call her honey. And I recognize Richard Lewis's girlfriend from Step Brothers. She's the therapist in, in Step Brothers That's who falls right. in love with uh, John C. Riley. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, around the dinner table, you know, they they all toast to being together, and Larry refuses to clink. <laughs> Wait, John C. Riley? No, uh, Adam Scott's wife oh. falls in love with John C. Riley. She falls in love right. with Will Ferrell. That's right. I got it mixed up. You got the... Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I guess so. Yeah, yeah I, well, I mean, right. Will, Will Ferrell falls in love with her first, and she's like, yeah. no, this is strictly professional. And yeah. he takes that as flirting, and then there's a, <laughs> then there's a romance the... that develops out of it. Yeah, and she shows up with the fucking Catalina wine mixer. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Larry doesn't clink, which I... Uh, this is a rule of society that I follow, but I also respect Larry's desire not to clink like what it's not like an official why do we have to clink why do we actually have to clink yeah, it's not like anything's gonna happen yeah you know <laughs> it it's not like the it's not like the blessing doesn't come true if i don't like clink my glass on the cheers or something yeah but also whenever i am doing giving it you know whenever anyone's toasting i try to clink everybody and then i feel bad <laughs> and i feel off it's like the un uncompleted chord that we were talking about earlier. Bump, bump, bump. Like, if I don't clink every glass, I'm like, oh, something's wrong. The toast isn't going to work. I, see, if I do that and I see that other people are clinking multiple glasses, yeah. I will just clink the ones in my immediate reach. I'm not doing, 
Like, You're not going to stand up and everybody all in the, in the no, center. No, <laughs> it, If everyone else is doing that and everyone meets in the center for one yeah. big clink, then yep. sure, I'll do that. But if I see a person across from me going left and right and and to the and in front of them, you know, I'll do a couple. I'll do yeah, yeah. I'll do around me. I'm not going to be reaching down the table just to make sure I clink <laughs> every glass in a circle. Standing up and going around, clink, clink, holding yeah. holding up everybody from drinking any wine or champagne. We're like, wait, I didn't get this person. <laughs> we didn't clink. We didn't clink. <laughs> It doesn't yeah. count until we clink. I agree with the, you know, it looked like they were, they kind of did both. They kind of did one all in the middle and then you clink everyone around you. And I don't think you have to do both. So I'll agree with Larry there because he raised his glass in the middle and nobody clinked. But then everybody was like, well, you got to clink. It's part of it. And you know what? Um, I think yeah. raising your glass is fine. That's, yeah. that's a fine like option on this yeah, yeah. because you're what about acknowledging a- <laughs> the, the cheers. You're acknowledging the, 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 the thing. Here's when it really gets awkward is at a wedding when everybody raises their glass and then you feel like you have to clink everybody around you, or at least I do. That's when I, that's the most like toasting that I'll do is like, so everybody, yeah, yo, so here's to the happy couple. And then, oh yeah, you raise your glass and then you clink everybody around you and you make, and I try to make sure that I've clinked everybody because uh, <laughs> I don't want anybody, any hard feelings about not getting clinked. Yeah. But, but I, I agree on the transitive property of the clink. If you just, if everyone goes to the middle and all, and, and your glass meets at least one other glass, every glass that that glass connects with and the one that it connected with, you know, it, it all, the, the clink circulates, you know what I mean? Like a, like a circuit uh, through the toast. So, but I like that Larry, uh, but I agree with Larry too, that we don't have, you don't have to clink. Um, but Larry does, I'll tell you what he is interested, what contact he is interested in knife to flesh. He has a nice steak knife there. And he's like, man, every time I get a steak knife, I just feel like stabbing, right? They should have a stabbing range where you can like, oh you know, practice stabbing people. <laughs> and Marilyn, which was, you find out is, is Funkhauser's girlfriend's name. Everyone thinks everyone actually is into this conversation, which I appreciate it. Everyone's like, everyone's kind of like, yes, ending it. Like, cause because Larry's like, man, I wish there was a place I could go. And 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 I think it, Jeff is the one that brings up the stabbing range. And he's like, yeah. So everyone's kind of like in on this conversation and thinks it's kind of funny. But Marilyn is, I thought it was going to come out later that like her brother was stabbed or something. Like I thought she had such a connection. She hates it so much that. Yeah, it did seem like they were building to that, right? Because why else, like, why does she have such an immediate hatred of Larry? Because. Yeah. Like, they just come in. The first time you see her, she's already fed up with him. I'm like, <laughs> okay. She forcibly removes him from her furniture. Yeah, wish we could, like, see this build up. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, it, it's the whole thing of show, don't tell, right? And the episode's already fucking long enough. Like, <laughs> it's a 38. You, yeah. yeah, you could have put something in there. It's not like you need to, like, uh, try and get back down to 30 minutes or anything. Yeah, and, and the weir- the other weird thing that made me think it was personal to her was that everyone else is enjoying it. So if you're throwing a dinner party, and even if someone you don't like comes up with a topic, if the rest of the group is in on it, you're in on it, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like you just got to enjoy it or, or, or power through, but not glare at one of the participants in the conversation yeah. the whole time. Um, Larry does remark about the tap water. She has put water out on the table, and it's tap water. This was probably the best line of the episode because he goes 
no filter? He's like, you don't have a filter? And she's like, you don't have a filter. <laughs> you have no filter or something like that. I thought that was one so the, funny. One of the only times of you 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 don't you don't do blank, you yeah. don't do blank. <laughs> exactly. One of the only times this actually works. Yeah, I know. It's like you, you have have no filter? You have no filter. Um <laughs> And everybody everybody agrees with Larry. So Marilyn leaves the room, and everyone agrees with Larry that the water – it reminded me of the I, the I think you should leave sketch where he goes, mm, water stinks because <laughs> he's choking <laughs> and he can't keep the water down. And I was like, wow, her water actually stinks. And everyone agrees, but they're following society's rules and not saying anything because it's they're at someone's house and you're just polite about the water. Marilyn comes back in the room and she's like, you, Larry, are the only one who has a problem with my water. Everyone else likes it. Marty likes my water. And the drink he takes is just so funny. First off, no water was missing from his glass prior to this. (laughs) And and second off, he takes a drink. He's like, it's delicious. (laughs) Or or your guard. (laughs) He can't even (laughs) swallow it. Uh, and Marilyn ends up kicking Larry out of the house. And uh, as Larry is getting kicked out, Marty is still trying to do the end of the night small talk. Like, wow, this was fun. And and Marilyn goes, this was not fun. And Marty goes, no, it's not. You're right. It was not fun. This was not fun. <laughs> um, so back at home, Larry's car now says bald fuck on the window. <laughs> And Larry is now in in a back and forth with this guy who wrote Wash Me. And so Larry, he writes Blow Me on the window. Which, at this point, I didn't think it was going to be this same person, but it made me think of bald asshole spray painted on his door. And I'm like, (laughs) what if it's the girls who spray painted bald asshole on his door from trick-or-treating? Yeah, exactly. Very well could have been a uh, pretty funny reveal. Because think of how old they'd be now. You know? Yeah, they'd be about <laughs> probably Sammy's age, right? Yeah, Ish. they'd be like in their mid-20s, I think, from whenever that. I mean, this was six years, so geez, yeah, something like that. And so he rolls by a school bus, and all the kids think it's uh, just absolutely hilarious that they see curse words on the side of a car. Uh, and I like that Larry is playing it up, too. You know, he's not mad. He's like, yeah, look at this. You know, he's he's like playing <laughs> along with the, the kids on the bus. <laughs> Uh, so over at, I, I, I thought yeah. it was funny, like hilarious though, how all the kids are just yelling, blow me, bald asshole. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, bald asshole, blow me. Or, it was hey, bald ba- fuck. Yeah. That's right. Hey, bald fuck, <laughs> blow me. Blow me, you bald, bald fuck. <laughs> yeah. So over at Westside Tavern, which was at 10850 West Pico Boulevard, but it closed Last day of business, Halloween 2020, after 10-plus years uh, there uh, in West L.A. And they did blame the COVID pandemic. They could not weather the storm uh, that was the the pandemic. So, uh, yeah, closed uh, in 2020. And last time Google Maps rode by, it was for lease. And Larry is having lunch with Richard Lewis there, who is despondent because he may have lost out on a wife because of his premature honey. So, once again... Uh, you know, Richard has found the love of his life, and uh, <laughs> seems and like a premature every episode, honey. every episode that he's dating someone, it's the love of his life. I love that how he's always all in, and Larry's making Larry makes fun of him. He's like, I could be marrying this person, okay? I think she's the one, all right. <laughs> uh, but he blew it with Rhonda. That's what we find out her name is, and he gets a text from her. 
we have to talk. Uh, and they both agreed. This was such a great setup because it really raised the stakes. Like nothing ever good happens after we have to talk. It's never, we have to talk. I'm bringing you to Cancun. <laughs> uh, and so it's definitely bad. And he definitely blew it. But then Larry comes up with an ingenious plan. If I could use the words from the synopsis, call everyone honey. Just use the word like it's any other word in your regular vocabulary, and it didn't mean anything uh, in front of her. So invite her to the restaurant and just call everybody honey. This storyline was so Seinfeldian, in my it opinion. Was. It the was. premature honey? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> like, this is definitely something that George would do in, yeah. in, his, in one of his relationships. You know, he's getting along great with somebody. Yeah. The premature honey? Oh, she doesn't, she's not calling him back or, or whatever. Yes. It's absolutely I mean, it's, a Seinfeld plot line. It's almost the, the one where he wanted to say, I love you to her, just because he'd never said it before, and he just wanted to say it. And he <laughs> says, I love you. And she goes, like, I'm hungry. <laughs> and he's like, maybe she didn't hear me. So he says it again, and she's like, I heard you the first time. <laughs> um, but but this was, I mean, on a, Seinfeldian on a totally, because they would have come up with the same way to get out of it. I could see the character saying, yes, I'll call everyone honey, of course. Um, and so Rhonda does come to the restaurant and Richard Lewis puts the plan in motion. Yeah. This, and it, this preceding yeah. montage was so good. Like calling the servers, calling the women at the table next to him. Honey, can uh, we get a menu? Honey, honey, can we get a cup of coffee? Thank you. Calling everybody honey was so good and it's working. Like they keep cutting occasionally back to Rhonda and she's like, huh? Okay. Yeah, and he sold it. Like, it sounded so natural. Yeah, it like, sounded it so didn't sincere, sound, too. Yeah, it didn't sound forced at all. Honey, can we take this chair? Yeah, oh my gosh, he sold it. He goes a little overboard towards the end, but that might have been just, like, the montage element of it where it's like, honey, can we do this? Honey, can we do that? Honey, can we get the check? You know, they might have just been playing too many honeys in a row, but I was like, <laughs> hold up, RL, you know, back off a little bit, you know, and and it totally works. Because what she wanted, and we now that's how we know that she was coming to break up with him, and it works. Is that he was like, oh, what did you didn't you texted me that we have to talk, and she was like, oh yeah, I just want to let you know I was free on Friday, and that's how they know that it definitely <laughs> worked because nothing good ever happens after we have to talk, and so she definitely just made something up on the spot, like oh yeah, I am free this Friday, let's go out on a date, and we learn that. She works at Neiman Marcus, and Larry's like, oh, you know what? I need some pants. And she was like, come on by anytime. And I love that as Larry's leaving, you know, and, and and he and Richard Lewis are like almost winking at each other, like, look at what we did. I like, she's like, so what do you want to do on Friday? And he's like, anything you want, honey. <laughs> oh my gosh. What a great little button. So good. Team. So yeah. good. God damn. <laughs> I know. Uh, so over at the country club, Jeff and Larry are talking and Larry is invited to the Rams game on Sunday, but that's the day that Jeff has to take Susie to the airport and pick her up. So he can't Aww, go. Dang. Yeah. I know. And at first I was like, you can't drop her off, go to the game. And that, but I was like, wait, we're talking about LA. I mean, who knows how far it is from Santa Monica to LAX and then to go from LAX to wherever the Rams are playing. Well, and uh, then it, yeah. well, not Santa Monica, San Francisco. Yeah, I know, but he just has to take her to LAX. Oh, I thought, oh, yeah. I thought he and was I, driving her to like, uh, San Francisco for whatever reason. No, okay. he's taking her to the airport. Yeah. That's the other, that's the, st that's why Larry was like, what do you mean he has to take you to the airport? That's right. That's right. Yeah, you'll be, Larry it's an was saying, away. that's okay. Duh. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah, but um, so Santa Monica to LAX is 38 minutes. I just want to do this math right now. So Santa Monica, I think, which I think is where Larry is is uh, supposed to li- be living, uh, is 38 minutes. And let me add a stop now to was SoFi Stadium around in 20? Isn't that where they play now? Uh, Where's my? No. No. Yes. Yes, it was. SoFi Stadium. 31 was at SoFi Stadium, and that was in 2014. So then it's, I mean, he could definitely drop Susie off, catch a little bit of the game. The tickets are free. What do you care? 2015. Um, Yeah. So. Yeah, it was definitely it was, it was definitely around. So Jeff has to pass LAX on his way to SoFi Stadium. <laughs> I mean, it's literally on the way. It, you know, so it's 34 minutes to LAX and then another 24 minutes on the exact same route to go to SoFi Stadium. So a total of you know, if you left right now at whatever it is, uh, 2:30 out there on the West Coast, I think you would uh, you know, it'd take an hour. And so I, I would say that's probably normal for a, a random Sunday too. Um, let me remove the middle step just to see. So if he just went directly to SoFi Stadium, it's still, it's 40 minutes. So it's an, only an extra 18 minutes to see Susie off and then head to the game. I think he definitely could have done that. Um, but instead, here's what Larry comes up with. This is the true ingenious idea. This is what the synopsis was referring to. Larry's genius idea about how Jeff could go to the game. Do the accidental text on purpose. Send a text to Susie. That is purporting to be for Larry saying, hey, Larry, I can't go to the but send it to Susie about how great she is and how you really want to take her to the airport and see her off and how you love her so much. And then she'll see, you know, that your heart is in the right place and say, oh, you know, what? you don't have to take me to the airport. That's fine. Uh, and it's uh, at that point that uh, Funkhauser and Dr. Winokur show up and. They talk about, you know, playing golf and uh, the doctor suggests making it kind of interesting and maybe putting 200 bucks on the game between him and Larry. Because they have similar handicaps, I think he says. Yeah. Right? Yeah. One is 10 and one is 15, which sounds pretty disparate to me, but I don't know anything about I, golf handicaps. Yeah, so. I have no idea. <laughs> but I would think five more would be, I don't know if those are good or bad, but yeah, but I guess they're pretty close. So let's make it interesting. Uh, out on the course, Larry has also tanked uh, Funkhauser's relationship, and so he suggests the accidental text on purpose. You know, like you're texting Larry. You can say anything you want to Larry. Insult him. Say, how dare you talk to my girlfriend like that? But send it to Marilyn, the accidental text on purpose. And it's Marty is like, I, I don't say this. Uh, this isn't something I'd normally say to you, but that's brilliant. Uh, and it works. Uh, and Marilyn is, uh, you know, very, very excited to hear Marty talking like that. About Larry, someone she hates. Meanwhile, the doctor is just shop, just digging a, a giant hole in a sand trap, trying to get out of it. And Larry sinks his putt, so he's like doing pretty well. And the doctor is playing pretty horribly. And what do you know? He, he takes his phone out of his pocket and he has to leave. There's a medical emergency, and he won't pay up because they can't finish the game. Um, and Larry's like, "Oh wow, you're three holes down, and there's three holes left. Wow, and you're and you're just leaving because of some bullshit that you made up on your phone." Um, and he says that it's not bullshit. There's an actual medical emergency. And so Larry's like, that's selective heating. You didn't heed the call earlier, but now that there's money on the line that it's going to cost you, you're heeding the medical emergency call. That's selective heating. Over at Neiman Marcus, uh, which is still at Roxbury Drive and Wilshire Boulevard in Beverly Hills, just blocks from Rodeo Drive. I mean, we are in, we are in uh, you know, rarefied air 
of of Los Angeles. This particular store opened in 1979. It is 185,000 square feet of retail space, and it was the 16th Neiman Marcus in the nation to open up after opening in 1907 in Texas. Did you know that uh, Neiman Marcus started in? in No, I didn't know it was from from Texas. In Dallas, you said? Yeah, 1907. I don't. I think they were probably like kind of just a general store around then. I don't think they were selling like high end slacks like they do today. But <laughs> they have been in it for the long haul. Uh, the Neiman Marcus family. Uh, uh, right when Larry walks in, he assaults a fragrance sample lady. I mean, just literally pushes her to the ground, like physical violence. Like not like uh, not like, like throws his hands up. Like shoves her. Like Jesus Christ! <laughs> yeah, he's like a fucking middle linebacker. This is prosecutable, in my opinion. <laughs> yes. Like, yeah. This she is called a, the police. This is assault. Yeah. And I mean, <laughs> like, not to not up. to draw more, uh, you know, comparisons to middle linebackers, but like, I mean, <laughs> come on. Yeah. All right. Uh, it, it's it's pretty egregious, but Larry gets away with it, I guess, you know, because they're in Beverly Hills, and, and I guess you can treat the help however you want. Um, and it, it was actually him shoving this lady was witnessed by Marilyn. She happens to be in the store at the same time and, and sees this. Uh, Rhonda, uh, meanwhile, as they're looking at pants, commends Larry for his dinner party behavior, saying, you know, not many people would call her out for that disgusting water, and you just say what you think, and, and so she really respects him for that. And then she stays in the dressing room while he tries on the pants, uh, which he finds weird at first, but then he's like, I guess this is how it's done. So he he kind of weirdly and slowly and mechanically starts, like, taking his pants <laughs> off in front of her, and she's just like, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm, yep. This is totally yeah, what well, I do all day. Yeah, absolutely. This is this is absolutely normal. <laughs> totally normal. Uh, back at home, Marty comes by and confronts Larry about the spritz girl that he assaulted, that Marilyn saw it. And Larry is more concerned with his broken shoelace, but we find out that Funkhauser got an ultimatum from Marilyn. Larry David or her. And he chose her. And Larry says he would have made the same decision. I would have made the same decision. Uh, vagina always wins and even leon i think leon's the one that says that in fact vagina (laughs) always wins that sounds like a leon thing (laughs) yeah because larry but larry comes up with with the initial conceit which is like at our age it's very difficult for us to find people to have sex with us so i totally understand why you chose her instead of me so you know is this it um meanwhile Rhonda texts larry and says that her pants are ready or his pants are ready and larry thinks that Rhonda likes him because of you know uh, like what she said to to him about the dinner party and stayed in the room while he changed clothes and stuff. And and Leon says, so are you going to hit it? And Larry's like, no, I'm a loyal friend. I uh, would I always choose my friends over women, which is weird because he just said he would have made the same decision that Funkhauser did. But I guess when Larry can you know, um, get on his high horse for anybody, he'll, he'll switch positions immediately because he just said he would pick the woman over him. And now... He's saying he would pick his friends over a woman. Maybe it's a different situation regarding cheating. Like, I guess you can say that, you know, um, but he does make the parallel that he's a loyal friend who would choose his friends. Um, and so this to me was hilarious, too, because Funkhauser's trying to leave, but Larry won't let him have the last word. They just keep saying, bye. Goodbye. Stop. All right. Stop. This isn't a last word thing. This is it. This is the last. This is the last time we're going to talk to each other. And, and I loved how it ends. Like they, they say bye at the last uh, at the same time, 
And then yeah. Marty just backs into the pots and pans. <laughs> yeah, there's like a display of pots and pans. He like backs right into it as he backs out. That was hilarious. Yeah. But I like to like, goodbye. goodbye. They both try to say it at the same time. <laughs> That's it. Goodbye. Over at Neiman Marcus, Rhonda insists that Larry once again try on the pants before he leaves. And while she is, you know, kind of making sure that they drop okay and, and all that stuff on, onto his shoe and, and that they fit all right, Leon sends a clip of Sophia Loren that gets Larry rock hard immediately uh, because he was telling, uh, you know, Leon about Sophia Loren and how hot she is, but he's never seen any Sophia Loren movies. Uh, and, and so he watched one that he was, he was like, oh, yeah, I'm really into it. And because he was going to try to find one she's naked in. He's like, no one's naked. It was the 60s. No one got naked in the 60s. <laughs> but he sends a clip of her, you know, getting undressed and, and Larry is into it. And Rhonda is offended by his erection. And he calls it an accident, like the Titanic, which I, didn't, um, which I thought was. And, she, and I like that she comes back. So your penis is like the Titanic? <laughs> so she, anyway, kicks him out of the store uh, because he's, she's so offended. And, and I like as he leaves, though, he's still going to go, you know what? The waist is a little. Never mind. I'll wear a belt. I'll get a belt. I'll just belt him. <laughs> uh, so back at home, Larry gets an accidental text on purpose from the doctor, from Dr. Winnegar saying, Oh, um, Mrs. Uh, what? What is Mrs. Downing? I'm so glad I left my golf game and saw you yesterday. Remember to take the medication I prescribed. It's like just so God, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> also, this is like the, also, yeah. like doctors don't do this because yeah. this is breaking a law. <laughs> what? Like texting a patient? They wouldn't be allowed to uh, do. Hippoc- not texting a patient, but like uh, the fact that he texts oh. the wrong person about yeah. things that is going on with a patient. That's breaking a Hippocratic oath, whether you mean to or not. That's true. But I think because it was a made-up patient, I think he's covered. Because <laughs> obviously he didn't leave to to see anybody. But it was just so funny just how, how poorly composed it was. I'm so glad. I, why would you mention your golf game to her? Just say, Mrs. Downing, how are you doing? Are you taking the medication? Not, I'm so glad I left my golf game yesterday. I'm so, even though, oh, it was, even though uh, my I cut my golf game short, dot, 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 I'm glad I saw you or whatever. Um, Leon would understand if, uh, you know, it was, uh, there was on the plane, not heeding the call. If it was diarrhea, if there was someone who had diarrhea, uh, on the airplane, which reminded me of a popular viral story in 2023. Do you remember the diarrhea plane, uh, saga? No, what? No, I don't even remember when this, I mean, I, I, I hate to have to search diarrhea plane, but there was a, <laughs> first of all, I don't know how to spell diarrhea, but when I type in diarrhea, plane is the first one. So September of 2023, not too long ago, passengers on board diarrhea plane share ordeal video allegedly shows Delta plane forced to land because of passengers diarrhea trail. <laughs> oh fuck. This you is don't defi- remember this. I don't think I do. This is definitely going to be a movie, isn't it? <laughs> I have had it with his motherfucking diarrhea. Di- on his motherfucking plane. Diarrhea plane. There we go. <laughs> Delta oh. flight returns after passenger has diarrhea all the way through. <laughs> <laughs> an eight hour delay oh fuck that it yeah. was dribbled down the aisle oh, smelled a horrible no. delta in atlanta <laughs> you know how often i'm flying delta through atlanta everybody Every time who flies I delta. Fly. yeah <laughs> 
Fuck that. Oh, yeah, because first it was a story and then the video came out like the next oh. day. Everyone was like, no way. Come on. How bad could it be? And you saw how bad it was. And yeah. Uh, so Leon uh, predicts diarrhea plane a couple years before it happened. Larry gets into his car, which is now parked in the driveway, by the way, not on the street. But somehow it now has a giant cock drawn on the side of <laughs> which it. Which he does not see. Right. <laughs> Yeah, because I guess it was on the passenger side, and so when he got in, he doesn't see it. Uh, but it was very detailed for as simple for a simple line drawing. There were little details that I was like, like there's almost like a urethra outline towards like the or what I'm guessing is the the urethra. It was like a little. I was like, man, that is a very detailed cock for as uh, simple as it looks. You know, it was just very good line drawing. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's no way I could draw one like that. Um, but Larry has a very detailed one on the side as he goes to a country club dinner where, um, you know, everyone stares at his car as he pulls up hilariously. Um, someone calls it, uh, I think, a 14-foot cock. Um, it's Marty. Yeah. He's like, Marty, Ign- yeah. ignore him. It's a 14-foot cock. <laughs> uh, and he explains to Richard Lewis, you know, what was going on. Uh, about with Rhonda because he comes up to him right away and thinks he was trying to like you know sleep with his girlfriend behind his back and and like you know uh, at her place of work and all that and he explains to him Richard Lewis is like well now I got an ultimatum so you know she maybe choose choose between you and me uh, you and her and I chose her so stay away from my girlfriend and he says this as she's walking out from the banquet hall or somewhere and she goes girlfriend and this is where Richard tries calling. He tries to plan again and tries calling everyone girlfriend. Oh, hey, girlfriend. Oh, look, girlfriend. And he he, he doesn't sell it this time. No, no. <laughs> Which was hilarious. Oh, I just call everybody girlfriend. Oh, hey, girlfriend. He's just yelling random people. Hey, girlfriend. Oh, what's up, girlfriend? Hi, girlfriend. Uh, and it doesn't work. Not natural sounding at all. Meanwhile, Dr. Winokur shows up with BB. We learn her name. That's June Diane Raphael's character from the airplane. They hit it off at the baggage claim. And so now they're seeing each other. And Larry is like, oh, thanks for that uh, accidental text on purpose that you sent. And the doctor, again, horrible acting, is like, oh, what do you mean? I didn't. Oh, wait a second. Oh, oh, Lydia Downing, whatever her name is. Oh, and Larry David, they're right next to her. And Larry just sees right through this bullshit story. And also mentions uh, the the condition that BB has. And, you know, so we get a stare down about both of them. You know, the ex, oh, was that really an accidental text? And he says it was. And he's like, and you really have a condition? And she says, yes. And we get a, a double stare down from Larry regarding both of those uh, bullshit stories. <laughs> Inside, Rhonda has completely left now. And there is no exemption for Funkhauser to talk to Larry David, even though they're sitting at the same banquet table. And Jeff and Susie have to leave early. Because Susie has to pack, because Jeff still has to take her to the airport, because she did not buy that accidental text bullshit that Jeff tried on her. And Marilyn's like, what do you mean accidental text on purpose? And totally blows up Marty's spot, saying they're like, oh, you know, he sends a text that pretending to be to somebody else, but it's actually to you about how much he loves you or whatever. And so now Marilyn, I like Marty just kind of like standing so still, like maybe she won't see him <laughs> if... Uh, if he doesn't move or whatever. And he's like staring at Susie trying to get her to shut up, but it's obviously not working. Um, And so that, you know, that's all totally blown up. So after Marilyn, uh, you know, gets upset with Marty, he just lets out everything that he's been keeping in, like how her water tastes disgusting. It's like sticking a straw up a frog's ass. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> which was amazing. Um, I remember the line now from uh, earlier in the episode. I think it was Richard Lewis says, goldfish would commit suicide in this water. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, but straw up a frog's ass is infinitely better than that. Just hilarious. And so now Marilyn leaves. And so and Susie points out to Jeff, you're the only man at this table that can hold a woman. <laughs> uh, no one else. Uh, everyone else is now single. And Larry observes BB just like chugging water. And so, again, just more evidence that her condition is bullshit. Uh, and the doctor, you know, so I guess this is like kind of a banquet celebrating the retirement of like a club pro or something like that. And the guy on stage like tells a joke and the doctor realizes it was the same joke that he wrote. And so he asks Larry for a joke and he's a comedian and he should do it. But Larry does not heed the call. He's not <laughs> heeding the call for a comedian uh, for the doctor. So over at Blue Wave Hand Car Wash, which is still at 10854 Santa Monica Boulevard in West L.A., uh, Larry is finally getting his car wash, and he runs into a neighbor named Dave who reveals himself to be the dust letter and cock-drawing messenger, and Larry and Dave kind of exchange respective finger guns at each other as Frolic starts to play, and that's the end of the episode. Oh, right. Uh, what do we got for homework this week? I didn't write anything down. No, really? We, we've kind of been doing it, yeah. We, we've kind of been doing it as we go, yeah. you know, kind of. I, I've, um, I've noticed. I I kind of like it, but, you know, I like I like having the things that, I mean, none of us can, n- none of us, like there's more than two of us, <laughs> that neither of us can, can answer during the run of the show. Yeah, yeah. I mean, occasionally that uh, those things still pop up, but but it, it's so close to, it's only five years removed or six years removed from when these episodes aired so it's like we just remember them now you know it's like it's true the references i mean there of course there's like old you know there's there's like old ass movies like sophia loren movies and stuff like this thing arabesque i'd never heard of but you know also we knew we know everything we need to know about it you know i'm maybe i'll do a little shallow dive on arabesque and what it's about i I guess like you could do a deep dive on like oh why couldn't larry get on the plane even though the the door was like still technically open like he could have grabbed it and and still gotten on the plane or you could do a deep dive on wetzel's pretzels or something if you want pretzels yeah or federal regulations regarding jetways and- yeah, yeah. <laughs> if, if the golden like rule that. actually trumps federal federal regulations yeah the golden rule i love that yeah golden <laughs> but, rule but yeah. yeah all right i don't i don't think we i don't think we got anything then um but what do you like for cover art this week you know like uh one one funny frame that springs to mind is Rhonda staring at larry's erection might be funny uh <laughs> you know everybody out on the golf course when they're first so Jeff has already sent his accidental text, and there's probably a good three shot of of him and Larry and Marty on the golf course, you know, concocting Marty's accidental text on purpose. What what else? What do you think? Um, Larry's shoving the spritz girl, <laughs> spritz lady. Either that, or like maybe uh, Larry, Doctor, uh, Doctor Winokur, yeah. and BB on the plane. Oh, in the maybe? plane, yeah, yeah, that'd be a good one. With them like sneezing and wiping their nose, and him in the middle being disgusted, that oh, might be a good yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll see what uh, what I can do about uh, some of that. Um, but uh, let's see what we can do about this week's description. All right. So we had Larry invents an ingenious ploy for getting his friends out of relationship jams. Period. Larry upsets Funkhauser's new girlfriend. Period. So do we need, I mean, it happens, but do we need the second one? Because that sort of implies relationship troubles. I, yeah, I think it just It's kind like of, redundant. Yeah, I, I think it's like, you wouldn't believe the things that happen, period. <laughs> also, things happen, period. Like, what? Uh, what? Okay, yeah. you just told us that we wouldn't believe the things that happen. 
Yeah, I mean, so he's the cause really only of, well, of two, because he does do something. I was wrong at the beginning. I forgot that he gets an erection around Richard Lewis's girlfriend, which does cause, which he does, he has to take responsibility for, even though it was an accident. <laughs> um, so, but, you know, he's got, he's not embarrassed about it. He wasn't really, it wasn't her causing the erection. It was just a, you know, bad timing or whatever. So, but he but it is his fault, just like it's the fault of, you know, pissing off Marilyn. Mm -hmm. um, and then he does piss off Susie, but that's normal. So, I mean, are you... What do you think about just of dropping that second sentence? I think I'm fine with it. So just having Larry and Benson ingenious ploy for getting his friends out of relationship jams, and that's it? I would say Larry invents ingenious ploys to get his friends out of relationship jams, because then we can bring Richard into yeah. the... Because Richard's plan has nothing to do with the accidental text on purpose, but it was ingenious to come up with calling everybody honey. That and he does that really and the accidental text. And so he does... He helps Jeff marty and richard lewis and so i think we can shorten it even more and just get rid of of an ingenious ploy and change it to ingenious ploys there we he, saved one letter yeah he does have <laughs> multiple ingenious ploys multiple in this ploys. one episode yeah, yeah. I, I like it i think that's Perfect. very good all right next week we have got oh wait but tim maybe curb your enthusiasm has got something better this week maybe we'll maybe? see if it's We'll see Maybe. if it, you know if we've made up. Yeah, if uh, if Open AI likes us again. Yeah. So here's curb your enthuse AIism for this week, and and here's the same prompt as last week. Please write a synopsis <laughs> of season of episode six of season nine of Curb Your Enthusiasm: The Accidental Text on Purpose. In the episode, the accidental text on purpose, Larry David accidentally sends a text message intended for his assistant, but it lands in the wrong hands. The message meant to vent about a person inadvertently gets forwarded to the person mentioned, causing an awkward and uncomfortable situation for Larry. As he tries to navigate this predicament and explain the misunderstanding, Larry faces the consequences of his accidental text. The episode humorously explores the fallout from his miscommunication, showcasing Larry's attempts to rectify the situation while managing the resulting chaos and misunderstandings among his acquaintances. Oh my god. jeez. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Maybe Grok would do a better job. Oh Maybe god! <laughs> how do you how do you get Grok? What is that? Is it a premium? Uh, I think you X have to buy feature? premium. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was wondering. I'm like, I I haven't seen anything other than this, other than like conservative talking heads getting mad at how it's woke. I'm like, I, know, oh, I love boy. how funny they were. Like, are, are trans women really women? And it's like, yes. And they're like, ah! Uh, so, uh, at Elon, sir, your masterful gambit is wrong, and yeah. they're like, no. so hilarious. No, you you are you are the wrong one. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! All right, Tim, did you like this episode? You know what? I had to give this one a full star. Wow! I, I was cracking up through the whole episode. There were so many so many funny moments to me, and. Um, yeah, I, I loved it all the way through and was just like, yeah, just cracking up. And that's kind of just as simple right. as a rubric as I, as I need sometimes where I'm like, did it make me laugh out loud a lot? Then there we go. Yeah, I was, I loved it. What about you? I, uh, didn't do that. <laughs> yeah. Did not do that. No, I, uh, just, you know, <laughs> you hated it. It's not that I hated it. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I liked it, but I didn't give it a star at all. Yeah, I don't know. Just kind of a and just kind of an average, or maybe even below average. Just kind of, uh, just kind of an average episode. Yeah, yeah. 
I don't know what it was. I don't know what was tickling me so much about it, but I I was loving it all the way through. I thought it was I thought it was just hilarious. And I think it's only my second full star. I have a star. I have a star low, and there's another star. So yeah, I'm up to. If this is where it ends, then I've got my three. But who knows? Maybe it'll get better from here. But yeah, I was I I I, I was I thoroughly enjoyed this episode. I would almost put it up in one of my all time. I will put it in my all time favorites. I won't call it an all time great, mm-hmm. but I think this one landed in my all time favorites. You wow. Know? All yeah. right. I mean, hey, it just shows how uh, how our tastes differ, I guess. Yeah. Um, y- you know what? Maybe I will give it a star low at the very least. I, I think I do owe it at least a star low. Okay. I was enjoying it, and, you know, I did – I was loving the uh, the schemes that, that Larry yes. was cooking up. Yeah, and they, they seemingly work until the very end when they don't, <laughs> which is always fun. You know, it's always great when he gets his, you know, you think he's getting away with something and then he gets his comeuppance. And that also, now that you mentioned it, is one of my, you know, something that is, has tipped the scale one way or another when it's come down to the episode. I'm like, this episode is a happy ending for Larry. This episode, you know, he gets his comeuppance and, and it's always the second type that, that I always land on is the better one. And so that kind of is how this ends up. Yeah, and I think um, looking at my my star ranking so far on season nine, and uh, I, if, if, even if I have this as a star low, this may still make my top three so far. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So we're kind of in the same boat there. Kind of in the same boat. Yeah, I, I mean, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see how how it uh, fares for the end of the season. But all right, yep. next week we have got season nine, episode seven, Namaste. Original air date, November 12th, 2017. And if you're looking in TV Guide that night, you are going to see Larry Angers, a hot yoga teacher, hot hyphen yoga teacher, comma, has an auspicious first date, comma, and seethes over a run-in with an unfair Uber driver. Oh, yeah. So I watched, did you watch the um, coming attractions, the preview? No, I forgot about it. So it has to do with Larry's Uber rating. I think he's got a one-star uber rating and he finds out in this episode larry Um, would have a one-star uber (laughs) definitely i don't know why which which is literally literally impossible to do like you get booted from the app if your three stars are lower (laughs) Jeez. (laughs) yeah so uh that's gonna be entertaining i don't remember so she's a hot yoga instructor not a hot yoga instructor is that right correct yeah hot yoga hot hyphen yoga the the type of yoga is hot got it and um and Larry seethes about his uh, about the Uber driver and then what was yeah. the middle one? I wanted to say something about that too. I don't remember. Uh, has What's an auspicious middle? first oh, yeah. date. Auspicious. Another word like the one for clothing that we had a little bit ago that I <laughs> that I've probably used before, but I don't necessarily know what it means. So well, I might have to look that up. Do a little pre homework. Like it means good luck. Like right? I think. Like, what an auspicious occasion. What a uh, what a you know what a I don't know. all right just giving up i like it (laughs) okay is that it yeah that's it all right for no hugging no learning i'm tim murphy (laughs) i said all the well be good (laughs) 